Welcome to the Hot Sala Cast, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth and behind-the-scenes journey with local Hot Sala and EMS volunteers to hear their stories and get a better perspective on the lives of these local heroes. Now here's your host, Zisha Littman. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Hot Sala Cast. Um, this week we're up to episode seven, and we're going outside of Israel for this one. We're sitting down with David Heyman, um, the executive director of Hot Sala Baltimore. And you know, for those who don't know where Baltimore is, it's definitely not New York. Um, and this week we're sitting down to talk with um, David all about Hot Sala Baltimore, a little bit of history about them, and a really cool project and initiative that they're working on and they're taking part in um, with the community at large to help with the the pandemic. So, David, how are you today? Good, Baruch Hashem. Thank you for having me on. Um, let me give a little background to uh, Hot of Baltimore. We started in 2006, and we have grown to um, a full-fledged, full-service Hatsala, um, including BLS and ALS, and we currently have six ambulances. Um, we have two. We have 50 responders, approximately, and 20 dispatchers, um, and we go on about 1,500 calls a year. An average of 1,500 calls a year. Um, since COVID has started, we've obviously been extremely uh, busy. We've been more busy than we were before um, COVID. But we're also busy because we've taken on a few different initiatives to try to help out our community and to make our make our community survive and function as well as they could or as well as they can in this pandemic. Wow, that's really cool. So, you, so, how long have you been part of Hot Baltimore for? So, I've been uh, I've been part of Hot since the beginning. Um, I'm responsible for raising all the money uh, since the beginning of Hot um, since 2006, which is about 15 years ago. And uh, I've been privileged to um, to be able to watch it grow and to turn into a truly vital organization in our community. Um, that's, so. that's really awesome. I mean, there, it, it, it's really interesting. There's, you know, there's so many different hot solo organizations out in, in around the world. And I, I've heard about hot solo Baltimore. I've heard you guys do a lot of interesting things. Like you said, you, you have six ambulances, you and you guys do all sorts of different initiatives. I spoke with somebody actually earlier today. She said she really, who's from Baltimore, and she was telling me how she loves you guys, and you guys do great work for the community. Um, and it's really, it's really nice to hear about this stuff. Now... You know, it's, it's really, really nice to hear about this stuff. Yeah, so we, we our goal, um, and I'm sure every hotel's goal is the same, but our goal has always been that we want the community to feel that if they would have any med- medical emergency um, at all, that we are dedicated to trying to help them through it. Um, and we take pride in the fact that we are advocates for our patients. Uh, we go the extra mile. Uh, no matter what we do, we don't just. It's not merely like a call that we go to and and oh, here comes another call. But we actually uh, know we actually care about our our patients, and we do everything we can that they get the best, so that they get the best care. And that starts from when we pick them up. It starts with realizing that you know, in every patient that you have, there's more than one patient because there's family members that are worried about them, and that's about taking care of that those family members and trying to calm them down and 
Um, I can't tell you how many times I've I've had to call my daughters at three o'clock in the morning to come babysit because there were two parents that had to go to the hospital and and they couldn't leave their kids at home alone. And my daughter, so it's basically a team effort, family effort. Wow. <laughs> and um, I think that every family in Hatsala, of every Hatsala member worldwide, uh, feels the, the the sacrifice that they're giving and you know their their share in the mitzvah of helping out um, the whole community. And Baruch Hashem, we've been able to be successful in in in, in doing that and making our our community comfortable with who we are and our medical skills and and. They're comfortable knowing that when we come, they're going to get top-notch care. You guys are doing some really cool initiatives um, to help with the pandemic in Baltimore in the Jewish community um, and even with, with, within the regular community. So what exactly have you guys been up to and how has it been a big help to, to, to everyone? So ever since uh, COVID's hit, I've been, I've, we, we, Hatala, has been looking for ways that we could actually step up so that to make our community function as well as they can in a pandemic. Um, before we, really at the beginning, a lot of the schools started to close down. They were closed before Pesach, and they, and they, uh, you know, they, they just weren't functioning properly. They were doing Zoom classes, which, which really is is not healthy for the child. Um, no. And as ever, and as ever, and as everyone knows, staying home. Uh, when kids stay home from school, it's bad for everyone. It's bad for the family, bad for people who have to go out to work, bad for the kids. They don't have social interaction. So one of our main goals, one of our big goals was to figure out how we can enable the schools to stay open as much as they, as much as possible. So what we did was we, with a lot of work and with a lot of help from certain Askanim in the world, in the country, we managed to um, get a machine to do rapid testing. And what this did was it enabled the schools to have, if a, a sick kid would come to a teacher and say that they're not feeling well, um, they were, it enabled them to get a test and we would give them the results within half an hour so they knew whether or not they had to close down the class. And because we um, did a lot of research into the different machines, um, we were able to obtain a machine that has a very high level of accuracy when when people are tested correctly. So... Um, so it really worked, and, and we got all the doctors on board from all the schools. Every school has a COVID uh, medical committee, and we got all the doctors on board that to, to agree that if Hatsala, if someone went to Hatsala to get tested and they came back negative, they would be let back into class. So this really, really kept the schools open. Um, every once in a while, a, a class closed down, but it really kept the schools open and made people be able to go back to work, and it really made our community function very well. Um, once we once we were there was another uh, there was another a few other people in the community that were also doing testing and once we saw that they didn't no longer needed Hatsala specifically to be doing the testing um, we sort of like passed off the rapid tests to them and then we jumped onto a new initiative and that's what we're that, that's the initiative that we're doing right now it's called monoclonal therapy infusions basically yeah that's a mouthful that yes, yes, Mono, yes. Mono, so, I'm trying to say monoclonal antibody therapy infusion, um, which sounds cool. What is that? So what that is is basically when people are high risk, whenever anyone has a foreign, a foreign body introduced to their body, um, their body reacts by creating antibodies, and those antibodies immediately go and attack 
that foreign object and, and like a virus or a bacteria. And there are some people in our communities um, that that have a hard time producing antibodies. They're, they're either they're immunocompromised or they're older, above the age of 65, or they're people that um, are on chemo, or they even, even fat people, people with a BMI mm. over 35, um, they qualify. They would qualify for this therapy. So basically, um, there's a drug company, Eli Lilly, um, that created synthetic antibodies um, to be infused into these people. And what it does is, if, as long as they get it within a few days of uh, contracting COVID, it directly it gives them the antibodies to fight it, so it helps them avoid being hospitalized or even worse. So um, it has some very good results. Now, the interesting thing about COVID is, I mean, it's, it's it, unfortunately, it, fortunately, unfortunately, um, it hasn't been around that long, and therefore, all studies are like done with like a few hundred people, but I don't think that's really scientifically, you know, sound, but in, right. you know, desperate measures, we have to take desperate measures, you know, desperate times cause us to do this. Um, and Baruch Hashem, to date, we've done over 60 people. Um, we've infused over 60 people with it. And um, we've seen phenomenal results. I mean, all these people are high, are high risk people, meaning high risk to be hospitalized because they can't fight it themselves and we have not had any hospitalizations we actually had one hospitalization but that person went to what came out of the hospital to get it done which really officially you're not supposed to do but he was out of the hospital he came to us and then he ended up back in the hospital but that doesn't mean that that the infusion didn't help him because now he has the antibodies to fight the covid because he had a pneumonia on top on top of the covid which we we see a lot of people have both and and um um and, and that's really what complicates the whole uh, COVID. So we set up a lab. We're actually the first in the country and maybe in the world. I don't know what goes on in China, but we're the first in the country outside of a hospital system to be doing these infusions. The federal government, um, we, 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 we found the contact in the federal government that allowed us to do it. And... and, and um, and we set up we set up shop in a Hatzala garage, and wow. we have the capability of doing five patients at the same time, and um, and we just each infusion takes two and a half hours, and Hatzala went out and hired some nurses and and some techs, and we basically pay them per hour to run these infusions, and it's and and it's it it really is amazing. Like we feel like we're pouring liquid gold into these people's veins. Um, Pump it to my veins. Yes. So. so yeah. I was going to say, how did you guys, like, get this? It seems like such a bracha that you're able to do this. How did you guys, how, out of every type of thing, like, how did you guys get, get to do this? So it's very interesting. Um, there's an organization, another organization in the United States, and this is all Mikam Chayisrael. You know, we all react to the needs of our brothers. And um, another organization called um, the COVID Plasma Initiative. It's also a from organization. And they got very, very involved in plasma um, in, in, in getting testing centers for plasma and getting um, blood set, you know blood centers to come out to communities and to draw people's blood and to take their plasma and th those connections led to a colonel in the United States Army who's the head of operation warp speed it was then called when, during Trump's days, it was called Operation Warp Speed, and now um, that we have a new president, um, they they 
change the name. They, it's actually the same people that are doing it, but they just basically change the name. I'm not sure what it's called now. I'm not sure if our president knows what it's called now. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but, uh, but I'm not really sure what it's called now. But uh, the bottom line is I have no idea. <laughs> anyway, I have a theory. I can, it's not for this podcast, but I can tell it if you want to hear it. I, can, I have a theory. I think that I think that uh, that Joe Biden has um, something wrong with the. One second, I have to think for a second. He has something wrong with the left side of his brain. Why do I say that? And watch, oh, you heard it here. For, you heard it here uh, first. Eventually, it's probably going to come out. Um, the he made all the mistakes that he makes when he speaks, and he's reading off a. Remember that he's reading off a teleprompter. They're right. all because, in my this is my opinion is because he only sees the left side of the screen. So, like, when he says, like, 3,000, 1,000, 1,000, instead of saying 3, you know, 3 billion, or he, it's because he only saw the 3,000. At one point, he was saying something about, he was trying to say something about the military, but he said Michigan, because I think he only saw the MI. There That's was funny. also, there was, he also, he also gave a, an easy math equation that we're going, we're getting 600 million or 300 million, uh, you know, vaccines, and it will be able to vac vaccinate 300 people. He right. must have missed the zeros at the, on the right side of it. So I think there's something wrong with. I really think that they should spread that, and you know, at least talk to his neurologist or something, and and they should check into that. But anyway, <laughs> that's my theory. Lives. That's my theory. theory. Well, that's part of my saving lives. I might save the life of the you know president. Um, Please God. Uh, no. Yeah. So anyway. So anyway, we 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 feel that we are literally, um, like I said, pumping liquid gold into these veins, and we're seeing incredible. So so we had it was with an incredible hashkacha. I'm sorry, I have to go back. You know, all Atzala guys are ADD, so yes. we have to, you know we jump from topic to topic. I was once I once went to Atzala convention and. The speaker was up front. All the wives were sitting in the seats, and then in the back of the room were all the Hatzala guys, pacing back and forth. <laughs> because, <laughs> so, so I might forget what I'm talking about. But um, so anyway, so 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 yeah, yep, the thing. So anyway, so this guy, this this colonel, this colonel was was. Um, he decided we actually tried with our local health department our state health department to be able yeah. to administer this infusion and they sort of ignored us um i guess oh, they're very why. busy or they yeah yeah it's all red tape all politics everything and this guy said you know what the federal government's going to send you the medications and if you could set up um, an infusion center we're willing to give it a shot and we would love to be able to replicate it around the country when the state heard that they were like they got. They, they were livid. They were like, how, "How dare the federal government step on our turf? You gave them approval. We're going to give them approval." So we basically got exactly what we wanted from the state. But that was because awesome. the federal government gave us that approval. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to ask you, how did you how do you set up a clinic inside your garage? Where do the ambulances go? Oh, okay. So our garage is two two stories. The top floor is normally used for. Um, for classes, continuing education classes, and practicing, and um, because of COVID, we're, we're we've resorted to have our classes online, so it's not being used. So we basically took the whole upstairs 
and we created with with curtains and and uh, rods. We created like six separate rooms. One of them is for storage, you know, to keep all our supplies. And then we have five rooms that we're able to infuse people with. um, And we bought, you know, special chairs. We bought, we rented pumps. We rented special vital machines. And if you walked in there, I wish I was there so I could show it to you, but um, I'm not there right now. But if you walked in there, it, it looks literally like 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 you would envision an ER. I guess in America, I once volunteered in an ER in Israel, and it doesn't look like the ones in America. But um, yeah, but it looks it really does look really like like an ER, and 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 the patients are comfortable. We play nice soothing music. Um, I only I made sure to only get nurses that had a reputation of having good patient care because one of my big things and what's more important to me or not more important, but as important to me as the medical side of it is the patient experience side of it. Of course. So I want people to walk out and, th- and feel like we took care of them, even if, you know, even not from a medical standpoint, but that we really cared about them and we took care of them. Sure. It, it's really the patient experience is really, I mean, also when you're not a telemember, not just when you're, when you're going out on calls, the patient experience is, is very, very crucial because you're dealing with people who are, who are in all types of situations and they could be they could be having a baby they could be hurt they could be in shock they could be also and, and making sure that you have proper patient experience and you give them that it, it makes all the difference in the world from having like a terrible time in the way they have in the hospital correct you know? i always say i always say that most of us start the reason why most of us start is because they feel that or in the city they feel that the city ambulance takes too long to get there and usually the main thing like when i i started off as a fundraiser um i've i've been doing this since 15 years ago um and when i started off and we we had to prove ourselves to our city you know outside of new york a lot of people are not sure what atella does you know they've only heard things you know, from New York, they heard, you know, that there is such a thing as Atala, but not 100% sure of what it is. So when you start Atala in any city, you basically have to prove to the community that they actually need Hatala. So it was done based on studies, and we, you know, we watched ambulances and response times, etc. And it all starts out with response time. But really, and, and I'm a very big believer in the fact that response time is only one of the advantages that Atala um can give to a community only one of the only one of the things and i think i i actually think that some of the other advantages include include our our passion for what we're doing our passion to help call israel and our love for our brothers and sisters and when we show up to a call we actually care about the patient we care about the family of the patient and we care about everything you know we everything turning out well and we take responsibility for it. And, you know, there are times when you get to a scene and the scene is messy. Hatala guys will go afterwards and they'll clean it up so that the family member doesn't have to come back and, 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 and experience, you know, the negative experience all over again. And, 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 and we do things, we go the extra mile for people. And, um, and I think that's what makes all of us in Hatala and all Hatalas all around so special. And I think it's, it's, it's really what makes the communities grow to love us and to support us, and um, Baruch Hashem, we're, we're put in the position to have the schus of being able to be part of that. It's it's an amazing thing to be part of, and it's an amazing and 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 it gives you great sipuka nefesh, and um, and 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 Hashem really, you know, it's it's a bracha. It's really a bracha from Hashem to be put in that position to be able to help people, especially in their most vulnerable states. 
Oh, for sure, it, it, it really is. Now, my, I wonder what 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 is something unique about Hotel Baltimore that you guys do? Like, what 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 do, what do you guys? Yeah, yeah. What what makes you guys so unique in in terms of Hotel organization? Well, what makes us unique, I think, actually, and and and, and I'm not sure. I don't want to. I, I I don't want to mention any other cities by name because I'm not sure if it's true that that us. I, I believe that us outside of New York that only us and another city, um, we are the only ones that are a full service Hatzala, meaning that outside of New York, I'm not in New York City, New York State, and, and I'll include Lakewood in New York State as well, um, <laughs> I th- uh, I, 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 because because they function like New York. Um, but I think we're the only ones that actually have ALS, BLS, um, do full transport, have our own basically autonomy when it comes down to it. Um, and we really only have the regular guidelines that a regular volunteer ambulance company would have. Um, so we're, we're, we're full-fledged. Um, we're very careful about the members that we take. So when you said you're very careful about the type of members you take, what do you mean by that? What we mean is that – what I mean is that we don't want people – and we find, we find from his, historically um, from – you know, when we weren't as careful, we don't want people that want to join Hatzalah for the wrong reasons. We want people that want to join Hatzalah because of their love for Kali Yisrael and because they want to help out um, their community. When you take people that are interested in the lights and sirens, and in fact, actually, Baltimore is very interesting. Baltimore, we don't, in our private cars, we do not have lights and sirens. Really? Here it's yeah. actually illegal. Um, right. It's, here it's actually in Israel. Um, it's actually illegal for private cars to have lights and sirens. And there are a few people in, in another um, voluntary EMS organization here in Israel that I've seen with lights and sirens in the cars, but it's actually 100% illegal. Yeah, so I mean, I guess it goes from by state, you know, whether or maybe even city, um, whether it's legal or illegal. But the, the bottom line is you don't really want people that their reason for joining Hatzalah is because they want to be cowboys or because they want because they want their lights and sirens and they want to be able to drive around and pull people over, etc. Because eventually that that type of enthusiasm um, wanes. It, you know, with time, you get burnt out very much quicker when, when, when it gets less exciting for you. If your goal stays the same and your goal is always to help people and to help Kali Yisrael, then... It takes a lot more. It takes a lot longer and a lot more to cause people uh, to burn out. We so and we also need people. We also want people that are going to give a good, a good impression when they walk into someone's house. I mean, we're walking into people's bedrooms. We're walking into people's living rooms. That's something that's you know, that's very that's something. It's very important to us to get the right type of person. And just because someone says they want to join. Um, it doesn't mean that they should. We want compassionate people right. because that's a big thing. Compassion is a very big – it plays, I would say, at least 50 percent, at least 50 percent of of being a successful good Atzala member is your compassion. And compassion is not something that you really can teach. It really needs to be a person that is compassionate. Um, right. And that understands that, you know, really looks at the big picture really well and understands that a person who called you, they have some sort of anxiety about something, whether justified in your mind or not. It is their anxiety. And if you if you're compassionate, you will be able to help alleviate it. 
and 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 that's and that's really a great thing that you did when you walk into someone's house who's scared and you're able to calm them down because of your professionalism and because they feel like they're in great hands then you you know then then you did a great taiva to that person no for sure i mean that that's what it's all about because again you're walking in, you're dealing with people at the most vulnerable point in their life and if you come in there like huffing and puffing mr macho i'm here to save you uh, you know it, it 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 doesn't put people in the right mindset it's like what we were talking about before the patient experience is everything and especially when people are dealing with, let's say, you're having a baby, or you have, or you know, you you hurt yourself, or your child is like in, in danger. You know, like people are losing, like people are not in a normal state of mind. And if you come in and you're and you're calm and collective, and you assess the situation, you know, you know, I actually had the, I, I, I say I had the pleasure. Of one, I had the I had the close of seeing a Hatzalavet Shemesh call in action once by default. I was I was coming home from my, I was coming home I was outside and I was coming back to my house I literally shut the door and I get this pounding on my door and it was my neighbor who she was hyperventilating she had she was she wasn't breathing well and she was and she ended up she was on, ended up getting out lying down on the floor she was having panic attacks or something it was and she was on the phone with the Tzolibichemish and the whole time they were talking to her on the phone and calming her down dispatchers calming her down. And then a whole team showed up. There was like five or six paramedics who showed up, and they were working with her. They were calming her down. She was like, breathing. she was like, she was not in a good situation. And I had, and they were calming her down. They were keeping her calm. They were keeping her steady. And until the ambulance arrived, they had, the ambulance was around the corner. They showed up. They put her in. The, they put her in the ambulance. Now Hatzal Bechemish doesn't do ALS. So they had to they they put her in the ambulance and they had to meet the Mata ambulance on, off the highway to drop her off and send her to the hospital. But I had the pleasure of again I say pleasure. Like I had I, you know, I got to see how compassion is in the moment, how these guys work. And afterwards I, I spoke to her when she got back from the hospital a couple days later. I said, How are you doing? What's going on? And she said, you know, those guys really they they were great. It was it, it was it was really nice to see that our local Hatzalah organization took the time, took the care, took and, and was able to make sure that she had, had her experience wasn't worse. Right, like I said, fifty percent of the call is the is is your ability to um, be compassionate and to show the person that you understand that they're going through a hard time and being able to calm them down um, uh, most calls 50 percent 50 percent of most calls um, and I think that people that ha- join for the wrong reasons or have the wrong you know outlook on 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 what they're what they're doing um, it's they just won't have that compassion necessarily I mean right. it, it's possible to have both but 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 it's not the type of person that generally will be the person that has the compassion will be the person that'll be able to calm down the situation they're the person like you said that's just gonna run in oh where's your emergency I got you uh, you know because they basically want to do it for hawk so it's like right. you know they come in and they're hawkers and they right. and, yeah. and, and, and and that doesn't really help most situations no. so it, it just, it just yeah. kind of makes it makes the whole situation a little worse and more comfortable um, yeah so speaking of situations, what do you have any cool stories to share with our listeners that have happened over your many years as a hotel member? Um, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say, okay, so I am a paramedic. 
I'm actually a CPA paramedic and a nurse. Um, I did I did CPA because that was the fastest thing to do, and this is a lesson that I like to teach my kids: do what you love to do. Don't do you know what you think is the fastest or that's going to make the most money. Um, you really need, it's the biggest bracha in the world is to be able to wake up and do what you what what, what you love. Uh, but when I I did nursing because. Um, I took a bridge course, paramedic to RN, and really the purpose of that was so that I could, uh, in the summers, one of my favorite things to do is I'm a nurse in Camp Simcha. So um, I would say the the thing I learned the most, which is extremely rewarding, but the thing that I learned the most from nursing was basically we just well, basically here you got you got another telecall here. Nice. I just listen. I'm just listening for one second to see if I need to go to it. Um, okay, um, someone else took it. No, someone else took it. Okay, yeah, that doesn't make for a good podcast. Um, anyway, so um, so the one thing that I learned, and I think it's what you know, based on uh, just a segue into what we were talking about before about the compassion. I think I learned that the most from nursing school, and especially when it came comes to emotionally disturbed people. Yeah. Um, one of my clinicals I did in a psych ward in one of the hospitals and I really learned from the from from the nurses there and from um, from all the personnel that were that worked there that you know psych too often is viewed as you know like even by the medical top doctors and nurses basically like a thing that you could just snap out of like they're like oh come on just snap out of it stop acting up stop doing this and really the one thing that i really really learned is that it's a real thing and it's really out of the control of the patient 100 percent, and that the patient is the one that's suffering the most we think all the family members that are around them and everyone that's around them is suffering but the patient themselves is really really suffering and they're the ones who suffer the most and i think that compassion um helped me um in, in many calls uh, that I've gone on, and I'll, and I'll just give one example. There was a person um, that came from out of the country, um, and she actually was she was an anorexic, and um, she came to Baltimore, and she was in someone's house, and she wasn't eating, and they called Atala, and I showed up to the call, and I saw that this person was like really, really, uh, you know, there was she, she was I mean the real deal like the real unfortunately right. she had a real eating disorder the problem was that she didn't have any insurance because right. she came from out of the country so I actually called my wife my wife is a very resourceful person and I said we need to get this person um, insurance now in America there's a law called there's an EMTALA it's called EMTALA emergency medical I, I'm not sure exactly. basically it's a law dealing with the fact that every emergency room needs to accept everyone regardless of their ability to pay or their insurance status or their or or what's or citizenship for that matter anyway so we got her to the we got her to the hospital and then meanwhile my wife was working on getting her insurance the problem is it's a pretty long process so every day for seven days i literally walked into the er went over to the doctors and i said if you release this patient she will die and there were different doctors, different nurses there, and I managed Baruch Hashem to succeed in in keeping her in the ER for seven days. Finally, my wife got was able to get her insurance, but the only insurance that she got was for medical insurance and didn't cover psych. So I went, so I so I went to the doctors and I said, okay, so admit her to the medical 
to a medical floor. They said, well, she's not medic. There's nothing wrong with her medically. I said, draw her labs. I guarantee you there's something wrong with her medically. Anyway, they drew her labs, and um, of course, you know, all her electrolytes were out of whack because she's not eating, not drinking, or anything. And we got her into a medical floor. And meanwhile, my wife was working on getting her, you know, the insurance she needed to be able to be admitted to a psych ward. And um, actually, it's a psych hospital. There's a special hospital here that has a special eating disorder, um, you know, um, site. And for days, literally, I think I think it was for about 10 days, she was in the medical ward. And um, at that time, my father was very sick. And, I, I, and the only way I got her to drink anything was to say to her... Come on, make a bracha in the schos of my father's refuah shlema, and wow. she would. So, so she would make a bracha, and she would take a little. She would indulge me by taking a little sip of, of non, uh, you know, uh, um, non-caloric, you know, with no calories, of vitamin water. That was her big thing. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the bottom line is we got her into a psych ward, and then Pesach rolled around. So the problem with Pesach was that I knew she was a from girl, and there's no way she's going to eat chametz on Pesach. And in that eating disorder place, you're not allowed to bring any food from off, from outside. So I went to the counselor, and I told the counselor, I said, listen, I know you're going to have a major setback if you don't listen to me, and you don't allow me to at least bring in some matzah. Let me, let me bring in some, you know, kosher for Passover food. And I managed to convince them to allow me to bring that in, and... A few years later, she was sitting at my table with her husband, you know, thanking me because I saved her life. I think I would say that's probably like the most rewarding call um, that I ever had. I mean, of course, we have babies that we've saved lives of and, you know, people in cardiac arrest that we've brought back. But this that was the most meaningful, I would say. Um, I don't know how to say meaningful because every call is meaningful to the family, you know, that you helped. But... To me personally, like that was like the most moving, I guess, situation, the most involved situation that I ever was in. Um, yeah, and that's extremely, that that's was extremely amazing. rewarding. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow, that's really, really amazing. So before we end off the show, I always like to ask one question. In what, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking to join us? Okay, so I have I, I have a few. I happen to be from I happen to also be amongst my many roles in Atala. I happen to be on the recruiting committee for Atala, so I have a lot of answers for that. Um, and I guess it'll be based on what what we're uh, based on what we're looking for in in, in someone that we recruit. Um, I I would think I would think the number one piece of advice is to understand that when you go out on a call or when you're responding or when you join an organization like Hatzalah and and, and this probably applies to many Chesed organizations but Hatzalah specifically um, your whole family is really going out on that call Meaning there, it's actually probably easier for the responder than it is for the family. Because the family, you're leaving in the middle of the Pesach Seder, for example, and they're sitting there doing nothing. You know what you're doing. They hear a call come out for someone not breathing. They're worrying the whole time, possibly saying to Hillam, um, and you see what's going on. So you're really in the moment, plus your adrenaline's running. They don't have that adrenaline rush because you went out on the call. So you have to understand that your family, and you have to pay pay very close attention to the fact that your family is, is just as much, if not more, involved in this chesed that you have chosen to do. Um, to that point, your wife needs to be 100% 
behind you on this. It's not something that you could convince your wife and, for, you know, try to cajole her into allowing you to do because you will not be a successful Hatzala member if your wife is not 100% behind you. Um, and that that's something that's extremely important. That's one point. Another point is you must remember, and this is this is something that new Hatzala members, and as you go along in Hatzala, you start to realize it more and more, but most new Hatzala members don't realize there are 612 other mitzvahs in the Torah. Uh, you know, um, saving lives is a mitzvah in the Torah, a big mitzvah, the big, it's everything except for, you know, the Avarizah regular riots and but it's there are 612 other mitzvahs in the Torah, and Hatzalah members, when especially when they're new, tend to forget that. Um, so that's something to always keep in mind. And when I, just specifically, um, Hatzalahs are Hatzalah members are wonderful people, but generally they're a specific type of person that runs on emotion. Um, and because and and Hatzalah is a, a very extremely high emotionally charged organization to be part of and because of that um, you know I, I think that's the answer to why many Atzalas have a lot of internal struggles um, I'm talking about internally within Atzala, politics, etc and I think that's it's because it's a group of emotionally you know charged people and when they see something that they don't like they don't hold it back and I think they, they a lot of times you're trying to help you're trying to help people and in doing so sometimes we tend to push down other people and I think it's a very important fact to keep in mind as you are on the journey of, of, of Hatzalah uh, as, as you're part of this wonderful organization and, 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 and showing Akash Baruch Hu that you're taking care of his children and hoping that Akash Baruch Hu takes care of your, your children in, in, in return but it's extremely rewarding but it can be extremely you know, um, it can extremely take your eyes off the ball, and that ball being that you're there to help Klal Yisrael, and you're not there to you, you you know you're not there for your own good, you're not there for your family's good, in general, but you're there to help Klal Yisrael. Wow, that 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 that's great. Now, you, you know, I learned a lot from you today. I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed doing this episode because I learned a lot about what's all about in Baltimore. I learned a lot about the compassion you guys have. I learned about your monoclonal antibody therapy. Now, if someone wants to make a donation to, to help with the, with what you guys are doing, if any of our listeners are interested in donating to um, this this special treatment, how can they do that? So they can go to our website, hatsalabaltimore.org forward slash donate. And we spell Hatsala correctly. And we spell it H A T Z. A-L-A-H org forward slash donate Very cool. So for, for all of those who want to donate to to this really cool initiative um, we'll put the we'll put the link in the show notes and feel free to make a donation to Hotsala Baltimore and help save lives during this pandemic. David, it was really nice having you on the show today. I'm so happy we got to talk. Um, I'm so happy that everything worked out and keep doing what you guys are doing. Keep doing everything and I, I look forward to hearing more great things coming out of Baltimore and with Hotsala Baltimore and you should continue to be successful. Amen, and, and, I, and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my passion, um, to give me a platform to be able to share it. Sure. And you should continue. You should continue your great work, right. and, and 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 spread and spread the good word. Continue spreading the good word. Amen. That's the plan. All right. Wonderful. 
have a wonderful rest of your day. Go out there and save lives. Go go out there and do your thing. I hope you get more calls. Um, and it was really cool that we actually got to hear a live call on, on the show. Never happened before. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hope for more calls. Only good calls. Okay. Only good calls. <laughs> Only births. Only births. There you go. Right. There you go. All right. right. Cool. Thanks so much, David. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to hearing more things from you. Thank you. Hatzlacha. You've just listened to another great episode of the Hot Solicast. If you like what you hear, subscribe to our show on all major podcasting platforms. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and stay tuned every week as we reveal a new episode of the Hot Solicast. And remember, if you need help, call your local EMS or Hot Solicast organization. Stay safe and stay tuned. <laughs>